Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Sound the battle cry. Two men, 15 minutes, eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. For the Lord, gird your armor on, stand firm, everyone. Hello, Andrew. Good morning, sir. It is good to be back in Psalm 56 with you for two days in a row. Yeah, it is. Getting to see you here in Livingston Studios. Yeah, that's exactly right. Have you gotten over your jet lag yet? Well, I, I'm still, we're running on coffee and prayers, right? And yep. I still have a little coffee, so I think this will be good. All right. Maybe by Friday. Maybe, <laughs> maybe by Friday. Maybe by Friday. <laughs> Jump in there with Psalm 56 for me in the New King James Bible. Yeah, I got that right here. Psalm 56. To the chief musician, set to the silent dove in distant lands, a victim of David when the Philistines captured him in Gath. Be merciful to me, O God, for man would swallow me up. Fighting all day, he oppresses me. My enemies would hound me all day, for there are many who fight against me, O Most High. Whenever I am afraid, I will trust in you. In God, I will praise his word. In God, I have put my trust. I will not fear. What can flesh do to me? All day they twist my words. All their thoughts are against me for evil. They gather together, they hide, they mark my steps, when they lie in wait for my life. Shall they escape by iniquity? In anger cast down the peoples, O God. You number my wanderings, put my tears in your bottle. Are they not in your book? When I cry out to you, then my enemies will turn back. This I know, because God is for me. In God, I will praise his word. In the Lord, I will praise his word. In God, I have put my trust. I will not be afraid. What can man do to me? Vows made to you are binding upon me, O God. I will render praises to you, for you have delivered my soul from death. Have you not kept my feet from falling, that I may walk before God in the light of the living? A couple of interesting... Uh, repeated things that he says, yeah, namely center around, c- centering around the idea of fear and mm-hmm. being afraid. Have you ever been afraid? Well, yeah, I've been afraid. Sure. Yeah. So David here once says, when I am afraid, and then twice says, I shall not be afraid. Mm-hmm. There's there's some issues of fear going on here. In fact, what I thought I would do is let's, we talked about it yesterday in our conversation, but we didn't go back and read it. I want to go oh, back yeah. and read in 1 Samuel chapter 21. See, see why he's got some things to be afraid see about. See why he might be afraid in yeah. this particular historical context. This is 1 Samuel 21, beginning in verse 10. And David rose and fled that day from Saul and went to Achish, the king of Gath. And the servants of Achish said to him, Is not this David the king of the land? Did they not sing to one another of him in dances? Saul had struck down his thousands and David his ten thousands. And David took these words to heart and was much afraid of Achish, the king of Gath. So he changed his behavior before them and pretended to be insane in their hands and made marks on the doors of the gate and let his spittle run down his beard. Then Achish said to his servants, Behold, you see the man is mad. Why then have you brought him to me? Do I lack madmen that you have brought this fellow to behave as a madman in my presence? Shall this fellow come into my house? Mm. And David departed from there and escaped to the cave of Adullam, which, by the way, it's going to come up next week, but <laughs> in Psalm 57. But uh, here, so we see, I mean, it, it says specifically yeah. here, 
fear. Very he's afraid. afraid of Achish. But he's also, he has fled to Achish because he's afraid of Saul. Saul. Yeah. In, in fact, even though we see this, this psalm is written at this time of being in Gath, and there's clear fear of the Gittites, the... Uh, I think we need to recognize the enemies are not just them. He's he's got this twofold thing going on. He's he's gone from the frying pan into the fire. Uh, yeah, you know it, it is striking to me that the Philistines know he's a king. You know that the word of his anointing has gotten out, and apparently the fact that Saul is chasing him down and seeking his life as a uh, I guess competing king. Uh, words, yeah, words gotten out about that. It's traveled, um, and not that. The Philistines and their cities are in great distance from Israel. I mean, that's not shocking at all. It's all kind of intermingled there in the land. Uh, It's an interesting thing. We were talking yesterday about how uh, Gath is the hometown of the Philistine uh, Goliath. Yes. And how that that activity of David killing him is what was the, um, you know, inspiration for the song about David's top 40 hits. Yeah, the top 40 <laughs> hit. ancient top 40 hit. But you know, uh, Edwin, when I was in Israel, one of the things that I learned was that uh, David kills Ga- uh, Goliath, excuse me, in the valley of Elah. Yeah. Okay. At one end of the valley, there's the creek where David went and got his. At the other end of the valley, the same valley is Gath. Interesting. Okay, it's 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 just a little walk. Didn't happen far. From where Phil, you know, where Goliath grew up to where Goliath is slain. One of the things that surprises me in this story of David trying to find refuge in Achish, among Achish, uh, his his kingdom is that uh, even though he pretends to be mad, I, I kind of, I, I would have thought that Achish would have been like, yeah, you're the guy that killed my hero. You're dead. Yeah. I'm going to kill you, but I'm crazy. Yeah, well, but I'm going to kill you. I think that demonstrates God's deliverance. I was going to say, as the, that seems awfully providential there, that as, his thinking would be. Yeah, as the story is told, it's just he pretended to be mad, and so Achish is just like, get this guy out of my face, and he's able to depart. I, I think we cannot miss the hand of God I in that. I agree with you 100%. Especially at such a brutal time, at such a uh, a time when kings and enemies, they, they were not known for, oh, Oh, well, you know what? I'm not going to kill you. They they saw an enemy. They killed him. They didn't care if he was crazy. They didn't care what Well, was... no, they killed him, but they killed him and, and made trophies out of him. Right. You know, when, when Saul dies and his sons, you know, they hang their bodies up. Mm. It's uh, it's pretty, yeah, it's, da- pretty, it's pretty brutal. David is actually going to come back to Achish after he gets his, uh, his little army that starts surrounding him, and there's a little bit more time that goes on. He comes back, and things are a little bit different in a couple of chapters. But here, it's stark. It's a fear. There's a lot. He, he's afraid. Oh, yes. I'll get this out clearly in a second. There's a lot of fear. He's very afraid. And here we have this psalm when he talks about when I when am. When I am afraid. When I am afraid, here's what I'm going to do. And twice, he responds to that statement of when I am afraid, I will not be afraid. So verse three and four, back in Psalm 56, when I am afraid, I put my trust in you, in God whose word I praise, in God I trust, I shall not be afraid. What can flesh do to me? And then we get to verse 10, in God whose word I praise, in the Lord whose word I praise, in God I trust, I shall not be afraid. What can man do to me? Mm. I think that's an important question. When I'm afraid... I need to trust God, and I need to remember what can God 
excuse me, what can man do to me? Right. Because right. God's with me. I know that when we preach this, it can very often come off sounding like, well, man can't do anything to me. Except that's not true. Man can actually do a lot. In fact, man is doing a lot to David in this. He's scaring David. Mm -hmm. He's hurting David. He's tormenting David. He's He's, plotting. He's plotting. He's trampling. He's attacking. He's hurting. He's oppressing. He's injuring. He's stirring up strife. These are all things that the men are doing. There's a reason David's writing this psalm, because these men are doing some things. Yes. And they are frightening things. So how does he come back around and say that, well, but what can they do? to me. Well, well, here it is. Let me count the ways. Let me count the things. (laughs) But clearly this is a rhetorical question that says, well, they they can't do much. They can't do much. Well, that ultimately God God delivers. And if it's not this life, it'll be the next life. It'll be the life that matters. From David's perspective, I think he's banking on the covenant and promise of his own kingship. Yeah. He knows God is anointed. with him. He knows he is God's anointed. He knows that Achish is not, that does not have the authority to strike him down. He knows that whatever Saul is doing, God is going to, in the end, bring mm-hmm. it around. I think, I think what I want to do as I talk about this passage and as I bring up this question, I want to adjust what I've often said, because I've tended to say, what can man do to me? Oh, man can do nothing. Well, no, man can do a lot. But I tell you, man can do nothing permanent. Man mm. can do nothing eternal. Yeah. Uh, in fact, yeah. Jesus brings up the same principle in Luke chapter 12, in verses 4 and 5, when he says, don't fear the person who can kill the body, and then right. after that can't do anything. Fear him who can kill the body and then cast that soul into hell. Right. Fear him. Now, the interesting thing is, is that sounds, I, now okay, now I'm like super afraid of God because he might kill me and throw me in hell. But then Jesus keeps on talking and he talks about the fact that, but, but aren't five sparrows sold uh, right. for a penny? And your heavenly father knows them. None of them is forgotten before God. Why, even the hairs of your head are all numbered. Fear not. Mm-hmm. You are of more value than many sparrows. many sparrows. So Jesus, like David, talks about being afraid mm-hmm. and then comes back and says, but you don't have to fear. Yeah. Because if what you do is put your trust in God, then you don't have to fear God. You don't have to fear that he's going to kill the body and toss it in hell. You can trust God because of his promise, because of his covenant that he has given. And that's exactly the same kind of principle that we see here in Psalm 56. You know, something is occurring to me right now as we're we're talking, and and you always got to be careful about that, but (laughs) we've talked about the idea that that, uh, David makes himself out like a crazy man, you know, like like a mad man. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know how how does he do it? He's scratching the walls. He's allowing the spittle to run down his beard. I mean, he is he is making himself gross and humbled and shameful. There's nothing great about this man at all. He has humbled himself. The Lord lifts him up. Yes, there's this deliverance. Then that you know when he makes himself. Uh, despicable and despised in the eyes of an enemy. The enemy wants nothing to do with him. And yet now his life is saved. Yes. Yeah. So when I am afraid, fear is given to us. God has created fear as a tool. It's a warning sign. Fear is a part of who we are in order to say there's danger around. And certainly... Look, if if a fire alarm goes off, that's going to generate fear. What I need to do is walk, don't run, in an orderly fashion to the nearest fire exit and leave the building. But be afraid. (laughs) If if somebody breaks in my front door, 
I need to go out the window or go out the back door. That's that's why God has given us fear so that we can have those responses. But sometimes the fear is 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 more global. Mm. It's not just this instantaneous, here's this thing, here's the natural response. It's an ongoing thing. And that's what's happening with David right now. And he says, when I'm afraid, when I'm, when I'm at this level of a more psychological, spiritual, ongoing fear, what yeah. I can do is put my trust in God. Man, man, you know what? Man can do a lot of things, but what man can't do is take away God's promises. What man can't do is take away my relationship with God. No, I appreciate you talking about particularly the promises because how is it that he draws close to God and trusts in God? He highlights in both of those passages, it's your word. I'm going to trust in your word. Uh, That's where he's connecting with God. Yes. I'm going to trust. I'm going to listen to your word, do what it says. I'm going to trust you. And I noticed this. He doesn't just praise God. He praises God's word. Mm-hmm. That's interesting mm-hmm. because today I think there's a whole lot of folks that would get upset and they would talk about people being bibliophiles or bibliolaters, making an idol out of God's word. We don't want to make an idol out of God's word, but there is a place to praise God and his word. Yeah, there absolutely And, and is. to lift up God's word because it is... God's yeah. word, yeah, and that's exactly what David does here. We are, we uh, are, uh, you know, we have this embarrassment of riches with the ease at which we get Bibles. Yes, and you go to a place where they can't get them because you know they're they're so expensive. Uh, you know, that your choice is well, what would it cost to get a Bible here? Well, I might have to come up with two chickens mm. to barter for a Bible here. Well, if you have to cho- make a choice between a, a couple of meals that your family will have or that Bible. More often, you're going to be sticking with the meals for a while. Some people want, yeah. You know? What's amazing to me is I hear stories from folks like you and others who have been in those places and how often those folks actually choose the Bible over the meals. It's a very special thing and precious thing. Absolutely. Well, let's go ahead and wrap up today. We've got more to talk about in Psalm 56, but that's enough for, for this conversation. Holy God, thank you so much. When we are afraid, we know that you are near. You're with us. You do not let us go. You do not abandon us. You promise not to forsake us, and we are thankful that we can hold on to your hand. So when fear strikes, we will put our trust in you, and we know, Lord God, that you will conquer our fears. We love you. Thank you for loving us. It's through your son, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians who meet on Livingston Avenue in Lutz, Florida, this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. You can find out more at christiansmeethere.org. Check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. You can find a link for it in our show notes. Michael Eldridge sang all four parts of our theme song. You can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review Text Talk in your favorite podcast app so others can find it and learn about it more easily. Have a fantastic day. Steady, pass the word along. Onward, forward, shout aloud, Hosanna. Christ is captain of the mighty throne. I'm surprised you went off on that tangent and just decided to tell us that false teaching that you came up with right on the spot, but I'm glad I could edit it out and you got around to something good. (laughs) 